as you know, we started a series this month called Hard in the Paint, all right? And what we've been talking about specifically is, you know, and I'm a basketball person, right? So if you've ever played basketball, you know there's this thing called a lane, right? It's where the free throw line is, and there's this big old rectangle for the basketball goal. They call it the lane, but in basketball terms, we call it the paint, like it's the paint. And listen, we call the paint the blood and guts area. Like, that's the place where, like, grown men go. Like, you better, if you're going to go in the paint, you better come with some, you know, you better come with some muscle, you better come with some strength, okay? Because in the paint is where there's giants that are seven feet tall, right? There's big athletes there, and you get bodied around, you get elbows, you get hit in the eye, all that kind of stuff, okay? So, in the paint, you got to come to the paint with some confidence, with some boldness, with some like, yo, I have, I'm going to get this done. All right, so we've been talking about going hard in the paint. Really what we're talking about is approaching life with confidence and boldness the same way that a basketball player approaches the paint going hard in the paint, okay? That's what we've been talking about. That's what we started last Wednesday, okay? And if you remember last Wednesday, we specifically talked about two guys who went hard in the paint in their darkest and craziest moments. Remember these two guys, Paul and Silas? They got arrested, thrown in prison. And what happened at around midnight? The Bible says that the prison people could hear them praying and singing hymns to Jesus. In the midst of their difficult situation, they were going hard in the paint. And I love that. And we just encouraged each other, hey, let's live a life going hard in the paint for Jesus, all right? Let's live a life going hard in the paint for Jesus, okay? Because here's the thing. I want to share this one verse. Psalms chapter 23, verse 4. The guy who writes this is David. You know, David, the guy who killed Goliath, he's writing this, okay? And this is what he says. He says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you, God, are close beside me, and your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. I love that. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, even when I walk through the darkest valley. And y'all walk down an alley and when it's pitch black and you can't see nothing? It's a little, it's a little, it's a little crazy, <laughs> all right? David is like, listen, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I love what he says. He says, I will not be afraid. Think of the paint. Think of the paint that we're talking about. Go hard as the darkest valley. Guess what? You can approach life not afraid like David says, I will not be afraid. And here's the reason why. Because you, God, are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. I love that, okay? That's kind of like if I could use one verse to describe what it is we're talking about this month, that would be it. You know, because here's the thing. Life has obstacles. Life has dark valleys. Life has things that we're all going to face, right? It has, in a sense, a paint we gotta we gotta come to. But guess what? Even I don't know what David says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I'm not gonna be afraid. Why? Because you're close beside me, God. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me, okay? And so listen, tonight we're actually gonna talk about a young man named Joseph. Now I'm pretty sure some of you have heard of Joseph, Joseph, but some of you haven't heard of Joseph, okay? So tonight we're gonna talk about how listen, Joseph had a dream. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but Joseph had a dream. But guess what? He had some obstacles that stood in his way to get to his dream, okay? 
All right, but before we get there, let's pray first, all right? Let's pray. Father, we th I thank you so much for every single one of these young people, Lord. Lord, tonight as we share your word with these young people, Lord, I pray that you open their eyes, you open their ears, you open their hearts, not to hear Carrie, but to hear you, Father. And so I thank you for that, Jesus. And Lord, tonight, um, as, as we continue this series, Hard in the Pain, Lord, I pray, Lord, that this series inspires and empowers these young people, man, to live life going hard in the pain, that they live life giving it their all. They go hard for you in their everyday lives. They approach life with boldness, confidence, and full trust in you, Lord, because they know that, just like David said, you are with them, you are beside them, and you protect them, Father God. And so we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone who loves Jesus said... Amen, amen. You know, I love this series, Hard in the Pain, because if I can be honest with you, when, when my life, when God calls me home to heaven one day, I hope people can look at my life and say, you know what? I appreciate it about Kerry. He went hard for the Lord, man. Like, he really went hard in the paint for God. And everything he did and everything that he stood for, every time, he always went hard. Whether there was 80 teenagers in the youth room or whether there was 10 teenagers in the youth room, you always knew he was going hard because it wasn't about that. It was always about going hard for Jesus and telling people about who Jesus is, right? But I pray that that's something that I'm remembered by, in all honesty. And I got to be honest with you, I pray that's something that this youth ministry is remembered by, right? Be honest, I, I really do. I really, I really pray that this youth ministry remember that. You know, COVID, when the COVID hit in 2020, man, it threw everything off. When, when I came back into the youth ministry in 2020, Noah, I just came back to the youth ministry. I'd been out for so long. Uh, about a year and a half, and I came back into the youth ministry in 2020, and we had a dream, like we were up here, we redid the stage, we, we did the screen, like we didn't have this, back. we had a dream, like look, we're going to rebuild the youth ministry, we're going to do all these really cool things, we're going to bring things back the way they were, blah, 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 right, and it was going good, we were like, we're going to start picking up kids again, it was going good for three months, or I'm sorry, two and a half months, and the Wednesday before spring break was the last time we picked up kids. And then that Thursday, everything changed. The COVID hit, everything was shut down, locked down, and it was like, God, no. And we, I was just like, what are we going to do? We're trying to figure out how are we going to have church. I was like, man, how am I going to get to hang out with, with all the kids now? Like, how am I going to get to see the kids? How are we going to be able to have youth? Like, everything was going so well. We had so much momentum. And I was like, what are we going to do? Right? And, and I had two choices. Right? I had two choices. I'll be honest with you. And here's the thing. In life, you got, life is about choices. So you got choices, right? Like, for example, you got a choice whether you want to listen to me or you can zone out. Right? You have a choice whether you want to listen to me or zone out. You have a choice whether you want to whatever, believe in Jesus or not. Like, that's a choice. Well, at this specific moment, we had a dream when we started out 2020. We want to see the youth ministry grow. But guess what? There was an obstacle now right in front of us. The COVIDs, Right? The COVID stood right in front of us. And it was like, what are we going to do? We can't meet in person no more. So what are we going to do? And I remember I sat there at my, at my dinner table, at our table, me and my wife's table. And I was like, okay, what are we going to do? And I was just praying. I was like, you know what? Let's do the Zoom thing. And I'll never forget, we started having youth on Zoom. We had youth on Zoom for a while. Like, for months we had youth on Zoom. But here's what I love. Even on Zoom, like, I truly believe, like, like one thing that I was like, look, if we're going to meet, even on Zoom, we're going to give it our all. Like, it's not just going to be like, hey, guys, we're just talking for five minutes and bye, see you later. Like, I was like, look, if we're going to meet, we're going to go hard. <laughs> like, we're going to go hard in the paint, even in this obstacle that we're all facing and trying to figure out. 
We were having youth nights on Wednesday. We were having book club on Thursday. We were having prayer on Sundays all on Zoom. Like, we were going at it. Like, seriously, like, we were really going hard for Jesus during the pandemic. Well, it's, it's funny because sometimes we'll talk, me and my wife, and, and she's like, why do you sometimes always talk about that, that lockdown, the pandemic part? And I tell her, it's like, I got to be honest with you. I had fun. Like, I know it was a crazy time. Everyone was stuck indoors, but I look back, I'm like, man, I'm so glad we went hard for Jesus during that time. Like, we didn't hold back. Like, like we had pizza parties on Zoom, y'all. Like, no other youth group that I know of was doing that, period. Like, you, for those of y'all who were a part of that time, we had pizza delivered to you. Like, who was doing that? Nobody. Like, we were coming up with, we had guest speakers during that time like no one was doing that but it was all because it was like look there is an obstacle in front of us but you know what it's we don't want it to stop us from reaching where God has put in our heart so we're not going to slow the momentum down we're still going to go hard no matter what and so tonight what I want to know is this every single one of us in here has a dream of some kind could be a doctor maybe you want to be a lawyer veterinarian teacher artist professional athlete whatever it is okay you have a dream right but guess what as you're on this path to that dream there's obstacles that come in front of you and here's my question because here's the thing you have the dream right you get inspired you get excited and you're like we're gonna do all these things and you start working now you started you start getting involved in school and all of a sudden boom life happens maybe you're getting bullied at school maybe you've gotten issues at home maybe there's so many other things going on right and all of a sudden, it's like the inspiration to see that dream come to pass is gone. And my question for you is this. When you have a dream and God has put something in your heart and God has shown you something where he's going to take you, but yet there's an obstacle that comes in front of you, what is your response then? Because again, life's about choices. And you can either say, you know what? That dream is impossible. You know, I just, it's a stupid dream. Forget it. Because there's a lot of teenagers that do do that. They're like, oh, I'm going to be a teacher, but they fail one class, and they're like, oh, I'm stupid. I'm never going to be a teacher. I'm just going to do something else, right? I'm going to be a doctor, right? But they mess up, and they do something wrong in class, or they get, you know, what, you know what I love about Michael Jordan? You know Michael Jordan? The GOAT, the greatest of all time. He got cut from his high school basketball team his sophomore year. Cut, the greatest, the GOAT, cut, didn't make the team his sophomore year. He had a choice. He could have said, forget this. No, no, he came back with a vengeance. Like, he literally went hard in, the, hard in the pain. Of course, we all know, even if you don't play basketball, you know who Michael Jordan is because that dude is the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. But when you have a dream, okay, and obstacles come in front of you, what is your response? See, because in the Bible, there was a 17-year-old kid. He was a teenager, just like y'all. He had a dream. He was a dreamer. Joseph was a dreamer. Of course, his his brothers hated him, right, because he was the baby, and, you know, his, his brothers hated him because he was a dreamer, and he was also the spoiled brat of the family. Anybody got any spoiled siblings? <laughs> yeah, it's annoying, right, when you got it, <laughs> right? It's annoying when, the, when, when one of them is more spoiled. Joseph was spoiled by his daddy, okay? And the reason is because he was the only son of his, of his, of his true love, his true wife that he loved. But basically one night, Joseph had this dream that he was going to be over his dad and his brothers, like his dad and brothers were going to bow down to him one day. Now, of course, his older brothers are like, 
I don't think so. That's never going to happen, right? And so guess what happens? His brothers, okay, his brothers sold him into slavery. Like, literally, they took money and sold him into slavery. Listen, my brothers and sisters sometimes get on my nerves, but I don't think I've ever been pushed to the extreme to say, listen, I'm going to sell you into slavery. You got to go, right? I've never been pushed to that extreme, right? Joseph's brothers, they were to the point just like, I hate this fool. I can't stand him. Dad gave him this nice coat with all these colors, and here we are in the same old rags all these years. I'm over it. Now he thinks we're going to bow down to him. Forget this little kid. They sell him into slavery. They go back and tell his dad, their dad, Joseph must have gotten destroyed by a wild animal because they bring his coat back and put blood on it. And, of course, Joseph's dad is in tears, and he's heartbroken. Now, remember, Joseph, 17 years old, has had a dream. And one day his brothers and his dad are going to bow down before him. In other words, Joseph had a dream one day that he was going to be a pretty important leader. He was going to be a big-time leader one day. But right now, he's got an obstacle in front of him. He's a slave. He's not a free man. He gets picked up in Egypt. Now, Egypt at this time is like the United States. It's the most powerful place in the world. Egypt is top dog. He gets picked up by this guy by the name of Potiphar, okay? And what he does in Potiphar's house, he basically becomes over, over Potiphar's house. And while he's there, he's put in charge of everything. See, the Bible says that Joseph, when he was there, that the Lord showed favor upon Joseph. He was with him every step of the way. Again, remember what David said? Even in the darkest valley, I know you're with me. You're walking with me every step of the way, right? Joseph experiences. He's in slavery. He's in a land and a, a language that he's never heard of before. But God is showing favor to him, okay? And he's put in Potiphar's house. And he does such a good job that Potiphar says, you're going to control everything in my house. The only one who, uh, who's over you is me and my family. And so Joseph is taking care of everything. Well, guess what? Here's what's crazy is Potiphar has a wife, and she likes little Hebrew boys. Like, she's a thirsty, desperate housewife, big time. She starts checking Joseph out while he's cleaning one day. And she's like, oh, look at his muscles. Look at them triceps. Look at how he sweats when he, you know, cleans the vases and organizes. Look at how, look at him. Oh, my gosh, he's so handsome and this, that, whatever, right? She's like having these really bad thoughts about Joseph in her mind inappropriate thoughts and the Bible says this that she walks up on Joseph one day and she literally tells Joseph Joseph have sex with me she's married to another man but she's like you're gonna have sex with me like she's aggressive type of woman right and Joseph is like I'm not doing this like it's inappropriate like I can't and she's like you're gonna do this and she basically tries to uh, Joseph tries to run away and she grabs Joseph and she pulls Joseph's cloak off and here's Joseph running butt naked through Potiphar's house, right, trying to get away from Potiphar's wife. Now here's what happens, this was crazy, Joseph has done nothing wrong. Potiphar's wife goes and tells the story that, you know, this slave of yours that you brought into his house, he's taking advantage of me and he's raped me. And Joseph is then thrown into prison for something he didn't do. Now here's what's crazy is that Joseph is in prison for a very, very, very long time. He was 17 when he was sold into slavery. Historians say that Joseph was in prison for about 10, 8 to 10 years. 
That's a long time. He's into his 20s, late 20s now, okay? Eight to 10 years, he's in prison. But here's what's crazy is that the Bible says that while he's in prison, God was with him. And he had favor in the prison as well, okay? And his story's found in Genesis 37. I encourage you to go read it. But he finds favor in prison as well. But here's what I love about Joseph is that he's still serving and working and, and trusting God and honoring God in everything, okay? It's where basically he gets put in charge of the prison, okay? That's how much favor he has. And here's what I love about Joseph's story. Is that, if you remember in the beginning of Joseph's story, he was 17 years old. He had this dream that basically one day he's going to be like a leader. He saw his dad and his brothers like bowing down to him. So he knew that God had something big for him. But even though he had this really amazing dream, doesn't, doesn't say that he went straight into that. No. The fact is, Joseph experienced a lot of difficulties, a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations, and a lot of obstacles in his life. And a lot of it was caused by the people who were closest to him. Stuff that he didn't even do. But I love Joseph because, again, it's about choices, right? It's about response. Joseph could have easily said, forget you, God. Forget my family. Forget all them. I'm just looking out for me. But Joseph made a decision. says, you know what? Regardless of whatever's happened, I'm going to still go hard for the Lord. When he was in Potiphar's house, he served with excellence and did everything Potiphar asked without attitude, hesitation. When he was in prison... He did everything with a good attitude. He served. He helped people. Even in his darkest moments, he gave counsel to two men in the prison. He could have said, that's your problem, not mine. But he did it because there was a love of God on the inside of him for people as well. See, even in the midst of his obstacles, Joseph was still going hard for the Lord. And you got to love that because if anybody could have said, forget this, it could have been Joseph. But he did it. And here's what happens. The Bible says that at 30 years old, again, he had the dream at 17. We're at 13 years later now. Okay, 13 years later now. Pharaoh, basically the king of Egypt, is having trouble with a dream. Joseph had this gift of interpreting dreams. He could tell people what their dreams meant, right? And so one of the people who was in prison that he gave counsel to said, hey, there was this one kid in prison that interpreted my dream for me. So Pharaoh says, go bring Joseph. So here's Joseph. He comes, and now he's in front of basically the king of the world at this time and tells him his dream, and Joseph interprets the dream. And here's what I love about what happens next. The Bible says that Pharaoh looks at Joseph, and he appoints him as the second most powerful man, and not just in Egypt, but the entire world, the entire world. Like, I look at that, I'm like, dang. You got to remember, what was his dream at 17? He had this dream that he was going to be one time, one time in this position where he saw his dad and brothers like kneeling and bowing down in front of him. And here it went 13 years later. Now he's seeing that dream come to pass. And here's what I want to encourage you with this month, specifically tonight. No matter what obstacles you're facing, I want you to know something. God is with you just as he was with Joseph. No matter what trials you're facing, God is with you just like he was with Joseph. No matter what obstacles you're facing in life, God is with you just like he was with Joseph. But here's the thing that you need to remember from Joseph's life. He didn't quit. He didn't give up. He stayed going hard in the paint for the Lord. Like he was 
approaching life, you know, listen, this, let's be honest, he was like, this sucks. But I'm going to approach it with boldness and confidence because God is with me. Even in my darkest moments, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I know you are with me, God. So listen, I want to encourage you this month. You got a dream? That's awesome. But guess what? Along that path, you're going to find yourself facing obstacles and different things in life, right? I would encourage you, stay going hard for the Lord, okay? Don't give in. Don't, don't uh, fall back. Don't quit. And continue going hard. Here's the thing. Can you imagine if Joseph would have quit at any of those moments? Never would have got to see that dream he had fulfilled. So that's why I encourage you, listen, you got a dream, you have a setback from that dream, don't worry about it. God is with you every single step of the way, all right, every single step of the way. As I close, I just wanted to give honor real quick to our young ladies who lead our worship team. You know, you may not realize this, but them young ladies, they, they have been working really hard to lead, our, to lead you guys in praise and worship. You know, one thing that I respect a whole lot about Karis is that, um, you know, she's always busy with school. Like, Karis is like a really smart student, just being honest with you. And, um, every time she shows up for practice, like, she's always prepared. Like, she knows a song. She, like, you hardly ever have to worry about her, like, not showing up unprepared. Like, she comes ready to roll. And uh, I respect that about her because, you know, she's going hard, not for me, but she's going hard for Jesus, right? Like, that's really what it boils down to. And, uh, like, for example, like, you know, she's so involved with school and her academics, you know, she, was, she wasn't able to go to the spring retreat because she had schoolwork to do, stupid teachers. I'm just playing. <laughs> but she had teachers giving her homework during spring break. Like, what kind of evil person does that, right? Like, come on, right? But, you know, it's one of those things, like, I appreciate when Kara shows up because she's giving it her all. Last summer... She was here by herself every single Wednesday. This was, like, I know Anna was out of town, and, and Allie at the time was having issues coming to, to practice. So she would be here every Wednesday by herself, just giving it her all. And I respect that, you know. I respect the fact that, you know what, regardless, she goes hard for the Lord, right? Like, I really, really do. And that's why, like, man, when I see her up here leading, like, it's inspiring because, you know what, she goes hard for Jesus, right? She really, really does. And also, like, I have a whole lot of respect for you, Anna. You know, I know your story, what you've been through the last two years. A lot of you may not know her story, what she's been through the last two years. But when I see you up here praising and worshiping God, it's a testimony, girl. You just don't even know. So many young girls who have been through what you've been through, they could have went a completely different route in life. Could have hated God. They could have got involved in drugs, alcohol, suicidal thoughts, cutting. I mean, there's so many other things. But I love the fact that in your darkest moment, you stayed with God and you trusted God. Like, I, I respect that so much. And, you know, I just, like, watch you up here. You show up, and when you see you get out of your comfort zone. And I'm just like, man, that's powerful because, again, you could have went a completely different route, but you're here. And uh, it's inspiring. And I just want to encourage you, man, continue to go in hard for Jesus. Like, don't let that... Don't let nothing hold you back, all right? And so, listen, with that being said, guys, you know, you have a dream in life, like I was talking about earlier, maybe like Joseph. I mean, I encourage you, listen, when, when life hits, because it happens to all of us, we all have things that we dream about and want to happen. But when life hits, you have setbacks. 
Remember this story of Joseph because this dude really went through some things, right? And so I want to encourage you, listen, just like Joseph, man, continue to go hard. Approach those obstacles and situations with boldness and confidence. Say, you know what, God, even in the darkest moments of my life, in this dark valley, I'm going to trust you because I know you're with me. I know you're with me every step of the way. Your rod and your staff, they guide me and protect me. Let's be a church and a youth ministry that goes hard for Jesus every second of every day. We trust God in all situations in life, all right? All right.